Hotfix. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to today's According To mini-episode. I thank you for giving me some of your time today, and I hope this episode finds you well. Today we're reading from the book Common Phrases and Where They Come From. And here's why we say getting into a scrape, according to the book. It's common knowledge that getting into a scrape refers to being in a difficult or disagreeable predicament. What's not so universally known is how this expression developed. It can, in fact, be traced back to the days when England was a huge forest primeval. To make England inhabitable, its early settlers had to grapple with large herds of wild deer. Well acquainted with the art of hiding when pursued, the deer used their hooves to scrape deep gullies between huge trees and avoid capture. If a settler fell into such a gully, it was difficult to get out. Early English inhabitants knew these gullies as scrapes. Deer no longer pose a threat, but humans are still getting into scrapes. And now, here's why we say sixes and sevens, according to the book. If the odds are against you, or if you are confused or handicapped by a severe hazard, you are at sixes and sevens. The regularity with which this phrase recurs in ancient and modern literature is a tribute to the descriptive effects produced by its use. The phrase originated with the early mystics, a group that attached great importance to numbers in combination. Thirteen was the unluckiest of all numbers. Add up six and seven and you get thirteen, hence the mystical and unfavorable connotation of sixes and sevens. Backgammon enthusiasts have also contributed to the phrase's popularity. In backgammon, there are more chances of throwing sixes and sevens than any other number. Being at sixes and sevens in backgammon is to be playing with the odds against you. A third variant on this theme relates to sewing needles. When needle sizes were standardized by the first needle manufacturers, sizes six and seven were in greatest demand. This demand caused early factory workers to refer to needles thrown together in confusion with heads and tails mixed up as being at sixes and sevens. Here's why we say deadhead, according to the book. Through the ages, deadhead has been a term primarily used by those in the entertainment world to refer to those who gain admission to amusements without paying. More recently, it is referred to the legions of devoted Grateful Dead fans who followed the band from city to city, going to dozens of concerts throughout the year. This phrase dates back to antiquity. Archaeologists have unearthed tiny ivory skulls from the ruins of Pompeii that were used as passes for free admission to the theater. Historians also say that at one time there were so many deadheads, the name for Grecian gatecrashers, issued that there was practically a free gate. Here's why we say go whole hog according to the book. Going whole hog means doing whatever you're doing to the limit. John Gower, an English poet in the 1300s, alludes to the phrase's origin in one of his poems. But from one piece they thought it hard from the whole hog to be disbarred. This phrase traces its roots back to Muhammad, 
who in a sermon to his followers forbade the eating of one part of a hog, but he forgot to specify which single part of the hog was prohibited. His followers were pious enough, but they were also very hungry. Consequently, to extricate themselves from the dilemma Muhammad had created for them, they cut up a hog into many parts. Each person ate a single part. Thus, no single worshipper ate the whole hog, and yet the whole of the hog had been eaten. From this display of practicality came the phrase, Go whole hog. And here's one last one, toppers. Here's why we say, leave no stone unturned, according to the book. When the boss wants the job well done, he will tack onto his orders the phrase, leave no stone unturned. By this, he means that no effort should be spared in completing the work. This expression has been with us since the days of the oracle at Delphi in Greek mythology. You will recall that the oracle knew the answers to everything, because its source of wisdom was its prophetic communication with the gods. The tale was told by Euripides that one day, when consulted about the whereabouts of a treasure hidden by a vanquished general who had fled, the oracle counseled that the way to find the treasure was to leave no stone unturned. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for today's mini-episode. Until next time, toppers, thanks for hanging out with me. Toodaloo! This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com.